On this channel, I've talked repeatedly about the epidemic, or to be more accurate, the epidemics, because it's happening in specific areas in a concentrated way, of retail theft, or shoplifting, or organized retail theft, whatever you want to call it, and I often attribute these spikes in thefts to these specific regions, to specific policies that were enacted in those regions that removed consequences for this particular crime. One of my favorite examples is I will point to bail reform, less is more, and other criminal justice reforms passed in the state of New York with additional reforms that were passed on the citywide level of New York. And then I'll show you this chart right here, which shows that retail theft is patently absurd in the city of New York because we can't hold repeat offenders in this city. But this is also true of states like California. They have a law that says if you don't commit something that is in the category that they deem to be a serious violent felony you can't be sent to prison so you have to be sent to county jail the county jails are overcrowded so their repeat retail thieves are being released over and over again as well well guess what this also works from portland but today we're going to do something a little bit different you're not going to hear me make this case you're going to hear somebody who is eventually caught for an organized retail theft ring explain how he's fully aware of the woke criminal justice policies and how he takes advantage of them in order to succeed as a criminal. But before we get into that, I want to say thank you to everybody who signed up actualjusticewarrior.com slash join. Give me the money. Give you give me the money. Okay. And thank you to the podcast listeners, Spotify, Apple, and Google's podcasting platform. Stores hit by organized retail crime. As they report brazen shoplifting. And now some stores are changing the way they operate in order to try and curb the crime. Retail theft has captured the headlines. And over the past year, we've gone deep to try and understand the issue. We've talked to store owners, neighbors, loss prevention, and prosecutors. But the one voice we really haven't heard from the criminals themselves. So this story comes from Channel 8, KGW News, which is an NBC affiliate that we actually used when we were talking about the Nike store epidemics of thefts that led to that historic location closing in the city of Portland. And in this particular instance, he actually interviewed a prisoner who was busted for committing retail theft crimes in multiple counties and is currently serving seven years. And he asked him what would deter him from stealing. And I think it's really important what he answers to the series of questions that were put forward but that one in particular which we're going to get to in a little bit however this first one absolutely crucial give me a ballpark figure how much you think you made I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. So Martin Castaway is the prisoner being featured right here. And contrary to what we're told by people on the internet.com about all these people being starving, poor Aladdins, and totally not organized criminals, he just stated for you that he made hundreds of thousands of dollars committing these thefts in and around the Portland area in multiple different counties and being the leader of this theft operation. So again, if he was just trying to feed himself, you think he could have stopped after maybe $100,000, maybe $200,000? Obviously, the answer to that question should be yes, but unsurprisingly, the picture the media paints of these retail thieves does not line up with who's actually doing the crimes. Does the presence of a security officer or loss prevention change your decision whether to go into a store or not? Not really. If I see a security dude with a gun i know he can't touch me so to me this is one of the most important questions that could have been asked and he gave the answer that is very indicative of what 
people in the city of Portland, in the state of Oregon, need to correct in order to stop these retail thieves. This man just said an armed security guard is not going to deter him at all whatsoever from stealing from a store because he is well aware of the fact that you cannot be stopped by a security guard. Their sole function in that city is to stand there, look like they might be able to stop you. Essentially, they operate like a scarecrow, and hopefully that deters you from stealing because if you actually steal... Even if they're armed, they have no power at all in order to intervene. A lot of people ask this question when I did the recent video on the Nike store closing and why Nike was trying to get the ability to hire off-duty police officers because their security guards weren't able to do anything. But ongoing issues with theft created serious problems at the Nike community store. As we documented last year, thieves often ripped off armloads of Nike shoes and clothing with no fear of being arrested. We saw it firsthand. Security guards contracted by Nike admit... They're forbidden from physically stopping shoplifters. A lot of you asked the logical question, wait a minute, why does Nike need to hire off-duty police officers if they have security guards there? And why are they saying their security guards are completely incapable of interceding a shoplifter when that seems to be the purpose of having security guards? Well, the answer to your question is right there. They can't actually do that. The criminals are aware of it, and this is why they continuously target the stores, because there is no fear of consequences. There's not even the fear of immediately being caught during the course of the theft, because again, security guards are scarecrows in the city of Portland. What factors did you consider when determining what to steal? The most amount I can get in the least amount of time. I mean, I would go into a store, steal five, $6,000 worth of merchandise, be out and two minutes. Now, this is also incredibly crucial because it shows you how the criminal mindset works. A lot of times, people will steal what they think they can get away with, but when this guy has absolutely no fear of consequences and he's instilled that in his retail theft crew, their goal only is to get as much merchandise in terms of value as possible at the littlest amount of time. So they were just going in to a bunch of different stores, grabbing everything, leaving the store because they knew there was no Nobody in the store with the power to stop them. The only thing that could have stopped them is if, by coincidence, there happened to be a police officer nearby. And again, even in that circumstance, due to the lax laws around this sort of thing, they would likely be on the streets immediately. And again, it's not just me saying it. It's from somebody who is eventually caught because he committed crimes in other counties not covered by the same woke prosecutor that is governing over Portland that led to him serving time in prison. But he's giving you the whole layout of how this operation worked, and you can hear it from the man himself. Castaway and his crew often went in with a plan. 90% of the time, I knew exactly what I was going after. Several heist targeted Dick Sporting Goods. Castaway and crew parked close with a getaway driver standing by. It's in and out. A lot of times the store people don't even know. They're like, by the time they turn around or even hear the alarms, I'm, I'm already out the door. He went after brand name items like North Face jackets, which are often vulnerable, on display near the front doors. Like you want your best selling merchandise in the front because that's what people are going to see when they come in the store. That's perfect for me. Put it there. I'm, I'm gone with it faster that way. We're often told that these kind of operations where they just run in, grab stuff, and run out are not organized. They're not well planned out. They're brutish operations committed by desperate people. But as we can see by the video and by the narration from this wonderful segment, by the way, it will be linked in full in the description so you can check it out. These are the most organized types of crimes. If they put cables in between them, guess what? He comes in with the wire cutters at the ready in order to cut it out. Anti-theft devices like security ties that tether merchandise to the rack 
might slow him, but wouldn't stop him. And if it had a cable on it, I don't care. I have a pair of cutters in my pocket that say this stuff's mine anyways. Castaway stole armloads of jackets right off the rack, then bolted out the door with sensors flashing. Employees stood helpless. And again, he's fully aware of the fact that store employees are told not to intervene, that security guards can't really do anything except intimidate you, and he's aware of where the valuable merchandise is, and he gets it as quick as possible. What can be done in our community to help reduce shopping? I would say more treatment, more treatment programs. Would tougher laws or penalties change this? I don't think so at all. I think anybody who's engaged in this type of acts, I would say 70, 80% of them are on drugs. Now, even though this guy in particular is an organized retail thief, he ran a ring, the castaway crew, as the police call it. He says that the majority of the people who are doing the shoplifting on a day-to-day basis and not this heavy-handed advanced way are people who are dealing with drug addiction, 70% of them probably, which based on the footage, by the way, is not surprising. Now, he ends up saying you need more treatment and all this stuff, and definitely not tough laws. That's not what's going to deter this, even though he's in prison, quite literally, because they finally sentenced him to a seven-year sentence after he was getting away with this for a long time. But to be 100% fair, I don't disagree with him in full, because yes, a lot of the people who are committing these crimes are doing it in order to feed their drug habit. However, where I disagree with him, where I separate from him, is that I think you need to get these people into treatment at the point of arrest, and you have to hang consequences over their head, jail time, in order to direct them over there. We've seen in San Francisco that they've tried to get the addicts off the street. They'll round up a bunch of them, they'll pop them for warrants, they'll suggest rehab on a voluntary basis, and they'll get a 0% uptake. These people need a kick in the butt. If you keep releasing them over and over again, and they can continually steal and then feed their drug habit, and then steal, then feed their drug habit, guess what? That is not a solution. That is not going to work out. That is not enough of a disincentive in order to counteract the incentive of being addicted to drugs. Now, this guy, he tries to tell his sad story at one point that he was addicted to meth and he was also addicted to video poker. I will express to him clearly and as concisely as possible that I do not give a damn about your video poker addiction or your meth issue. You were running a theft ring. The idea that you were in so much pressure and all that is just nonsensical. Maybe that's why you wasted the 100K, but pretending that this guy would have been solved if we would have sent him to treatment when he had the option of treatment available to him and he was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, to me, just doesn't really square. I love selling stuff to women. They love to buy stuff. So coach purses, perfumes, makeups, from Alta. So you used a coach purse as an example. I mean, that's an expensive purse. Where do you unload something like that? Wherever I see women that um, look like they have money, you know, it could be... It could be a strip club, it could be a hair salon, it could be a bar. Now, throughout the course of the segment, he also says where these items end up. Sometimes they end up overseas, sometimes they end up online, and sometimes he just goes to other parts of town, like the example that he gave right there, where there are women with money, and he sells them the expensive purses, the perfumes, or whatever. And ultimately, this NBC affiliate weirdly concludes that the only solution to this is not security, it's not arresting these criminals, it's not holding them accountable, it's for everybody to just stop buying any stolen things at all at any point and that will solve the problem which points to a solution that doesn't necessarily involve more security specifically maybe people should stop buying stuff that's stolen 
online in flea markets or even on the street. Look, I want to be 100% clear. You should not buy stuff that you know is stolen. It is wrong, it's immoral, and it does, in fact, fuel these people to continue to steal because obviously they're trying to sell it to a customer base. However, and this should be made perfectly clear... The statement from the local news guy at the end of this is completely asinine and incredibly stupid. He said earlier in the segment that a lot of these products end up being sold overseas. What happens after these items are sold? It could end up in another country. It could end up local bar. It could end up down the, you know, any, anywhere. So the idea that a problem that is concentrated in areas where they changed laws around retail theft went softer on offenders can only be solved by not changing those laws back and enforcing the law, but by convincing everybody, including people overseas, to stop buying these items. It's it's so absurd, it shouldn't have even been uttered by this guy. And just because this prisoner told you that harsher sentence is totally not going to work. I mean, he's totally not biased. He's seven years for his organized retail theft, and you shouldn't do that. You're just going to eat that up and present that like it's worthy of an actual valid point on your segment. No, not about it. This guy normally does a good job, and I get he's throwing it out there for the everyday people, but obviously he's not understanding the breadth of this problem. He didn't really catch what he said about the overseas market, and again, it should be much simpler to go back to laws that existed before they decided to defund the police, before they decided to remove these consequences, before the Black Lives Matter riots, when retail theft was significantly down from where it is. I mean, I'm not asking for anything crazy. A lot of people try to sell you political philosophies that will bring us back to like the unionization of the 1950s as if today to the 1950s isn't forever ago. All I'm saying is we can put back in the laws back in 2019 and pretty much solve this problem. Maybe in Portland, maybe in California, you have to go back to the laws in 2016, but I'm not even talking about going back in terms of our legal structure more than a decade in order to address the situation as it has come up, as it is impacting us. And by the way, the consequences are real. I talked about the Nike store being closed in my last video. I've talked about a bunch of other stores in Portland and these major cities. When they close, people have to pay higher prices for groceries or whatever at other places. You end up in situations where these low-wage workers are losing their jobs. The storefronts get abandoned. Then they become dens of drug use and whatnot. That blight brings down property value. And what we see why leaving these thieves on the street is that they're actually hollowing out the communities that they're stealing from. They're driving them into poverty because nobody wants to invest in an area where anything and everything can be stolen and there's no consequences for it. I caught this video from Nate the Lawyer on, I believe it was the Portland Nike store, where he said something like out of 5,000 reported thefts in the city of Portland, they made 36 arrests and obviously that is not good enough. That is not a strong enough deterrent and something needs to be done we see surveillance video after surveillance video people hitting the same stores each and every day and that failure needs to be addressed if you want to save any of these cities but hey those are just my thoughts let me know your thoughts down in the comments below if you like the video show by leaving a like subscribe for more content follow me on all my social medias support me via the support links in the description of this video this has been me talking about a criminal explaining how the laws are helping him steal till next time